Chapter Thirty of the King of Elfland's Daughter by Lord Dunsany. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Thirty: The Coming of Too Much Magic. In Earl that had sighed for magic, there was indeed magic now. The pigeon loft and old lumber lofts over the stables were all full of trolls. The ways were full of their antics and lights bobbed up and down the street at night long after traffic was home for the will-o'-the-wisps would go dancing along the gutters and had made their homes round the soft edges of duck ponds and in green black patches of moss that grew upon oldest thatch and nothing seemed the same in the old village and amongst all these magical folk the magical half of orion's blood that had slept while he went amongst earthly men hearing mundane talk each day stirred out of its sleep and awakened long sleeping thoughts in his brain and the elfin horns that he had often heard blowing at evening blew with a meaning now and blew stronger as though they were nearer the folk of the village watching their lord by day saw his eyes turned away towards elfland saw him neglecting the wholesome earthly cares and at night there came the queer lights and the gibbering of the trolls a fear settled on earl at this time the parliament took counsel again twelve grey-beard quaking men that had come to the house of Narl when their work was ended at evening and all the evening was weird with the new magic of elfland every man of them as he ran from his own warm house on his way to the forge of Narl, had seen lights leaping or heard voices gibbering which were of no christom land and some had seen shapes prowling which were of no earthly growing and they feared that all manner of things had slipped through the border of elfland to come and visit the trolls they spoke low in their parliament all told the same tale a tale of children terrified a tale of women demanding the old ways again and as they spoke they eyed window and crevice none knowing what might come and oth said let us folk go to the lord orion as we went to his grandfather in his long red room let us say how we sought for magic and lo we have magic enough and let him follow no more after witchery nor the things that are hidden from man he listened acutely standing there amongst his hushed comrade neighbors was it goblin voices that mocked him or was it only echo who could say and almost at once the night all around was hushed again and threll said nay it is too late for that threll had seen their lord one evening standing alone on the downs all motionless and listening to something sounding from elfland with his eyes to the east as he listened and nothing was sounding not a noise was astir yet orion stood there called by things beyond mortal hearing it is too late now said threll and that was the fear of all then guhik rose slowly up and stood by that table and trolls were gibbering like bats away in their loft and the pale marsh lights were flickering and shapes prowled in the dark the pit-pat of their feet came now and then to the ears of the twelve that were there in that inner room and guhik said we wished for a little magic and a gust of gibbering came clear from the trolls and then they disputed a while as to how much magic they had wished in the olden time when the grandfather of orion was lord and earl but when they came to a plan this was the plan of guhik 
if we may not turn our lord orion he said and his eyes be turned to elfland let all our parliament go up the hill to the witch zerunderell and put our case to her and ask for a spell which shall be put against too much magic and at the name of zerunderell the twelve took heart again for they knew that her magic was greater than the magic of flickering lights and knew there was not a troll or thing of the night but went in fear of her broom they took heart again and quaffed Gnarl's heavy mead and refilled their mugs and praised Guhik. And late in the night they all rose up together to go back to their homes and all kept close together as they went and sang grave old songs to affright the things that they feared, though little the light trolls care or the will-o'-the-wisps for the things that are grave to man. And when only one was left he ran to his house and the will-o'-the-wisps chased him when the next day came they ended their work early for the parliament of earl cared not to be left on the witch's hill when night came or even the gloaming they met outside gnarl's forge in the early afternoon eleven of the parliament and they called out gnarl and all were wearing the clothes they were wont to wear when they went with the rest to the holy place of the friar though there was scarcely a soul he had ever cursed that was not blessed by her and away they went with their old stout staves up the hill and as soon as they could they came to the witch's house and there they found her sitting outside her door gazing over the valley away and looking neither older nor younger nor concerned one way or the other with the coming and going of years we be the parliament of earl they said standing before her all in their graver clothes ay she said you desired magic has it come to you yet truly they said and to spare there is more to come she said mother witch said gnarl we are met here to pray you that you will give us a goodly spell which shall be a charm against magic so that there be no more of it in the valley for overmuch has come overmuch she said overmuch magic as though magic were not the spice and essence of life its ornament and its splendour by my broom she said i give you no spell against magic and they thought of the wandering lights and the scarce seen gibbering things and all the strangeness and evil that was come to their valley of earl and they besought her again speaking suavely to her oh mother witch said guhik there is overmuch magic indeed and the folk that should tarry in elfland are all over the border it is even so said gnarl the border is broken and there will be no end to it will-o'-the-wisps should stay in the marshes and trolls and goblins in elfland and we folk should keep to our own folk this is the thought of us all for magic if we desired it somewhat years ago when we were young pertains to matters that are not for man she eyed him silently with a cat-like glow increasing in her eyes and when she neither spoke nor moved gnarl besought her again oh mother witch he said will you give us no spell to guard our homes against magic no spell indeed she hissed no spell indeed by broom and stars and night-riding would you rob earth of her heirloom that has come from the olden time would you take her treasure and leave her bare to the scorn of her comrade planets poor indeed were we without magic whereof we are well stored to the envy of darkness and space 
she leaned forward from where she sat and stamped her stick looking up in gnarl's face with her fierce unwavering eyes i would sooner give you a spell against water that all the world should thirst than give you a spell against the song of streams that evening hears faintly over the ridge of a hill too dim for wakeful ears a song threading through dreams whereby we learn of old wars and lost loves of the spirits of rivers i would sooner give you a spell against bread that all the world should starve than give you a spell against the magic of wheat that haunts the golden hollows in moonlight in july through which in the warm short nights wander how many of whom man knows nothing i would make you spells against comfort and clothing food shelter and warmth ay and will do it sooner than tear from these poor fields of earth that magic that is to them an ample cloak against the chill of space and a gay raiment against the sneers of nothingness go hence to your village go and you that sought for magic in your youth but desire it not in your age know that there is a blindness of spirit which comes from age more black than the blindness of eye making a darkness about you across which nothing may be seen or felt or known or in any way apprehended and no voice out of that darkness shall conjure me to grant a spell against magic hence and as she said hence she put her weight on her stick and was evidently preparing to rise from her seat and at this great terror came upon all the parliament and they noticed at the same moment that evening was drawing in and all the valley darkening on this high field where the witch's cabbages grew some light yet lingered and listening to her fierce words they had not thought of the hour but now it was manifestly growing late and a wind roamed past them that seemed to come over the ridges a little way off from night and chilled them as it passed and all the air seemed given over to that very thing against which they sought for a spell and here they were at this hour with the witch before them and she was evidently about to rise her eyes were fixed on them already she was partly up from her chair there could be no doubt that before three moments were past she would be hobbling amongst them with her glittering eyes peering in each one's face they turned and ran down the hill end of chapter thirty the coming of too much magic